And you know them leftists? Yeah. Yeah. You know what they, you know what those leftist ones, those leftist ones, they want gays everywhere. Ever as far as the eye can see, they want gays everywhere. Yeah. 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 Beautiful people, gorgeous people, fine looking people in bright colors and, and rainbows all over the place. Glitter. Oh. Glitter. Oh. Imagine singing voices, impeccable dance moves. That's that's what the leftist wants. That's what the, you know what else the leftist wants. What do they want? They want they want the the kids, the trans kids, to just grow up happy. Be oh, happy. That's that what they want. Yeah, you know I I mean kind of want that myself. I think that's actually pretty good and reasonable. I mean that future leftist one does sound pretty good. Yeah, I mean maybe may that, that free health that free healthcare sound pretty they, good. Yeah, they do want the the healthcare and the and the you know the. Housing, housing for people, you know. Oh, what do we do with homeless people? We'll give them houses and make sure they're looked after. And you know, what do we do with drug addicts? Well, you know, we maybe get them the help they need rather than punishing them. And uh, what do we do with criminals? Well, you know, we make sure that they have the things they need so that perhaps they they don't need to commit crimes. Then what do we do about all the gun violence? Well, I guess we just control all, all the guns. And you know that. We've tried not doing that for a very long time. Maybe it is time that we we tried doing the doing what, that. What the leftists want? What the, the, what the leftists left want? Right? Want. Yeah, I mean yeah. the uh, right wing and the center right have been in in charge for a very long time. Maybe it is about time that the leftists uh, did get a bit of what they want. You know, just uh, theoretically speaking, of course. You know, I'm not uh, unless unless unless. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types, have a bit of a catch up and talk about the media we've consumed in the week and do silly voices and skits and just have a bit of a giggly catch up. Mm. How are you doing? I'm clean. Yeah? Yeah, I've literally just got out of the shower. Yeah, you just had your, all your sides shaved on your head? Yeah, I'm freshly engaged. All I, the gay bits. I, nice fuzzy. I'm very sleepy. You're a sleepy little bean. Didn't get to sleep till like 3.34 in yeah. the morning. Just, just couldn't get to sleep. And then some bastard with a strimmer will hook you up. Right. Strimming. Right, I was going to sleep in a bit, slept through all the alarms, and then start zooming all the hedges in the morning. Don't they know I was trying to sleep and also had to do work? Why should I have to do work when I'm sleepy? That sounds like crime. That's and rude. in Pride Month too. Right. The fact I would have to do work in Pride Month, historically the busiest month of the work year for me, and that is bigoted. Yeah? Uh, you know what's probably not bigoted? Some of the things we've played this week, I would oh, imagine. I thought we were going to make a joke about bigoteds, but yeah, okay. I well, mean, that uh, works too. What have you played this week? Tell um, us a thing. What have I played this week? Um, <laughs> I, I spent uh, seven, eight hours uh, maybe longer than eight hours uh-huh. playing the demo for Lies of P. That's a lot to get out of a demo. But yeah. then I recently played Terra Nil, so I can't really tell. Yeah, so Lies of P is a. It, it's Bloodborne if the main character was a mechanical Pinocchio. And I don't know how better to explain it than that. It's coming out in September. The demo is, like, surprisingly big and content rich. Um. There is, like, a decent amount of, like, a couple of locations, some story stuff, some side quests, 
three three bosses three bosses sort of uh two main bosses and one sort of like smaller sort of smaller boss um enough uh like hidden upgrade materials to upgrade a couple of weapons a couple of times uh it's a pretty junky demo um so let's get out of the way the pinocchio bit um as best i can tell from what i've played of the demo geppetto in this uh, is a man who made a factory that made robots, and this is a world where robots were being used as like personal personal servants and things. Right. And then something went wrong, and now all the robots are murdering people. And it's kind of a clockpunk vibe. Yeah, it's it is a real cultural hodgepodge, but it feels a bit. There's a little bit of German, a little bit of French, a little bit of Britain in there. Um, but it is a world that's like, oh, clearly it's reached the point where, like, police officers were replaced with robots, and now there's robot police officers murdering everyone, and, like, it's all very steampunk-esque, um, sort of stuff going on. You are Pinocchio, and the thing that makes you unique is you are a robot that can lie. Um, this world has sort of an Asimov's Laws of Robotics-esque situation. Robots can't lie, you can lie. Um, which... Doesn't come up a lot. Um, there's one location that, that's like your default hub location, like Firelink Shrine would be in, in Dark Souls, which uh, robots are not allowed to enter. The, the, the big security feature they have is someone at the door who asks, are you a robot? And you say, no, I'm not a robot, and then you can go in, because uh-huh. robots can't lie. Uh, or so they're... what you're saying is that your main character can tick the box that says I am not a robot. Yeah, they can tick oh, the shit. tick this box if you're not a robot. That's basically. Can I... they also identify bicycles? Um, I I'm yet to find out. Ooh. But um, yeah, don't worry too much about the fact that you're playing as Pinocchio. You look like uh, actor Timothy, Timothy Chalamet. Um, you just you're just a slightly emo twink with sort of moppish hair. Um, going and doing a Bloodborne. Um, I really like this demo. It's genuinely got its hooks in me pretty well. Um, This is the most, I think, I have enjoyed a game in this genre that wasn't made by FromSoft. Mm. Uh, It's got definitely some ideas of its own. Um, Most notably, I think, is while you can dodge out the way of attacks in the way that you, you know, you do your dodge rolls in a Dark Souls or whatever, you can also block attacks. And this kind of works a little similarly to something in Bloodborne. So, in Bloodborne, if you took damage from an enemy attack, you would have a small window of time in which to attack the enemy back to get back that health you lost. Mm. It encouraged you to be aggressive, to not, like... Uh, Dark Souls generally is, like, stay just out of reach of the enemy, poke, like, come just in enough to poke them with your attack and then get back out. Mm-hmm. Whereas Bloodborne was like, nah, if you get hit, you want to be close enough to, like, get your health back. Right. Lies of P has a similar mechanic, but it's sort of based around uh, blocking. Uh, and sort of standing your ground. If you do just a regular block, if you hold your block button before an attack hits and, like, you're just holding the block out, you will take some damage when an attack hits you, but it will be damage that you can attack the enemy to get back. Right. So, blocking attacks will cause you to take damage, but you can get it back. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is an exception to this, which is uh, if you do a perfect block. So, if you block just as the attack is about to connect. Mm -hmm. You don't lose the damage at all, so you don't have to do the attacks to get it back. But that's sort of your Bloodborne-esque be standing your ground, keeping somewhat close to the enemy so that you can recover lost health when the opportunity arises Mm -hmm. thing. Um, It is a very fast-paced game. It is a little unforgiving in places. It's pretty brutal. But I 
really enjoy it. It plays, it feels very good to play. It feels better than a lot of the, like, focus home interactive, the surge kind of games. Mm. It feels quality-wise what I would expect out of, like, FromSoft stuff. It's it's a really good game, and that demo really does have a good amount of content in it. I mean, from, I don't really get into these games. I've I think the most I've played any of them is is Bloodborne. Yeah. And I just couldn't work out where to go to get to the next bit. And I remember like after I deleted it off the system, you're going, Oh yeah, if you'd just gone like across that bridge instead of under it, you would have come to the boss, which would have opened up so many more opportunities for oh, you to have a better yeah, time. Oh, yeah, you were right around the, um, uh, the uh, Bloodstaff Beast, is it? The big sort of wolfy fucker up on the bridge, yeah. That's like, oh, you'd, you'd have been able to start levelling, which yeah. would have helped. Maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm digging this. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's gotten my attention and I'm probably gonna play this when it comes out, so. Yeah. I mean, well, the, the people who like Soulsborns, I am hearing good things from, yeah. it seems to be Fairly universal agreement. Uh, the, the this ma- fits that. Yeah. The main bit of advice I would give for this game is the soundtrack, fairly minimal. Uh, this game's tone is 1,000% <laughs> improved if you just put on the Shadow the Hedgehog soundtrack. Um, this game wants to be taken very seriously and edgy, but it's not really... like. It's, it's a little it's bit more edgy than edgy than actually yeah, edgy. It's a little bit silly and a little bit nonsense, and if you put on the opening track from Shadow the Hedgehog, uh, what is it called? It's... um. Um, I am all I am. Put that on just as you're going into the first boss fight. The tone is impeccable. Amazing. Uh, but yes, that's Lies of P. Yeah. What have you been playing? I played some We Love Katamari Reroll. Yeah, that came to the Switch not that long ago. It came to PC as well. Yeah. I was very excited for this. It came to this. things. It came to things. It's, it's, uh, it was the first Katamari game I played. I played it on PS2. Um, I was... I I remember struggling with it quite a lot at, uh, when I first played it, but it was the one that sort of got me into the whole series. And when I a few years ago went looking for an alternative because I wanted to try and do that again, having sold my PS2 uh, uh, and my library from that, uh, like the one thing I felt I was missing was a bit of, of We Love Katamari. So I ended up playing quite a lot of um, the Wonderful End of the World or the Beautiful End of the World. Oh I think yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of scratched that itch. It's not not quite the same. It doesn't have quite the same charm. I remember it's pretty short as well. It's also quite short. I think it's like ten levels. Mm. Uh, but like the Katamari games aren't super long anyway. Like you can pretty much speedrun them in a couple of hours. Yeah. If you if you know what you're doing. Mm. Um, obviously, have in the last couple of years played an awful lot of uh, Katamari Damashi Reroll. Really enjoyed that, but. It's going back to this now, having actually played the first one, and going, it doesn't have quite the same charm to it, which is kind. It feels kind of weird to say that, like because it, in some ways, it feels quite iterative, mm. but in other ways, it's it tries to do a couple of its own things, but for the most part, it's not as charming, and I can't really put my finger on exactly why, except with the exception of the gingerbread house. The right. gingerbread house level is great. <laughs> um, I remember again. I, it's one I remember really struggling with, struggling with when I played it originally. Uh, but the other night I streamed it, I took one go at it and got almost a perfect score. So I don't know if I've just got better of these with age, but um, yeah, I, it's. I'm glad I've got it. I'm glad there is more Katamari available on PC. Uh, but I just don't. I 
just don't like it as much as yeah. Katamari Damashi. I don't know why. Even the, like, the added bits where you play as the king as all, co- all cosmos as a child mm. with your grandfather shouting at you. Or the prince's grandfather, I guess. Um, it's, like, it's extra levels, but they're like extra, extra hard. Like There's one about um, running around in the dark. Uh, it's a, a level you've previously done. It's the school level. But now it's full of ghosts. And if you touch any ghosts, then you're zapped out of the level. But they're fucking everywhere. And, <laughs> like, making any real progress is quite difficult. It it sort of sounds like you're glad to have an extra Katamari that can be in rotation if you're in the mood for Katamari. And you're like, I've played, I've played the good one recently. Yeah. Maybe I'll play this. But it's never going to be your first choice Katamari you're, like, specifically yeah. in the mood for. No. It, it was my first. I'm very happy with that. Uh, but like it's 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 not my first love of the series now. Um, so nice to have, but uh, I think the original is is better. I don't know. Uh, wasn't there a wonderful Katamari? I think that was the third one. I don't know if that was the mobile version or a mm. thing that got released on. I think the, was it the Xbox or the 360 had one. Uh, quite possibly. I think yeah. I think there was an exclusive one for there somewhere. Maybe that will get a re-roll in the next couple of years, who knows, but mm, it's fine. It's mm. fine. It's not great, but it is fine and it's nice to have. What about you? What else have you played? Oh, well, I've been playing some Street Fighter Six. Yeah, you have. That, that new Street Fighter. I've, it came out a couple of weeks ago, but a lot of things have been happening this month that have gotten in the way of pick up a new game to play. Um... I really dig Street Fighter Six. Um, the big thing, and like, I'll I'll get this out of the way first. The game has a control scheme. Uh, I got to try this out like last summer, uh, called uh, Modern Mode, where it's basically Smash Brothers controls. You've got your light, medium, and heavy attack buttons, but the, uh, instead of trying to do combo strings for your, your your special attacks and your super moves, you have a button. And a direction. So like, hey, you want to do a Hadoken? It's it's triangle and forward. Uh, or it might, I think it's just triangle. You want to do a Shoryuken? Maybe it's triangle in this direction. Um, you, it's just a, a button and a modifier. You want to do your, your, your big, big super moves, your big ones? It's triangle and square and a direction. Uh, it takes the memorization and the input complexity of trying to do quarter circle button combo inputs to get your attack to happen and it's just every character basically controls the same fundamentally some of them have their own unique quirks uh, but the game is actually really good about teaching you how to play specific characters Mm. so it's like cool all of my characters have light medium and heavy attack buttons and special and direction cool let me go and look up a specific step-by-step tutorial for this character and it'll be like cool your uh, special plus forward, here's what it does, here's when you would want to use it, here's when it can get punished, here's what it's useful for countering, here's where you can practice it and we'll show you that you've done it right, um, and sort of talk you through step by step on a character uh, before you jump in with them. Like, nice. It's got a lot of really nice um, onboarding stuff for getting you familiar with not just, these are the controls which are now a lot less memorization and input related, but also how you put that into context and do stuff with it. Uh, But the other thing that's really good about teaching you how to play the game is the game's weirdly, like, big and expansive for a fighting game single-player story mode, uh, World Tour, which you make a character, um, in my case, a robot lady, uh, with no top on, just robot lady, and 
you go and do a bunch of RPG-style fights in a big open world, and uh, go and do Street Fighter fights, and as you progress through that, you unlock styles for various characters from the main roster. So let's say I went and found Chun-Li in World Tour mode, uh, I would I, I could use Chun-Li's style, which would mean my medium, light, and heavy attacks would be Chun-Li's medium, light, and heavies, and then separately, I might get a couple of Chun-Li's specials, which I could choose to equip or choose to equip someone else's specials I'd found from the roster, and sort of make my custom character that is playing with bits of mechanics from other characters. I've seen your custom character. I yeah. would be terrified to face them if they could do like the spinning bird kick because they can they do got the, long leggies they got they can do the spinning bird kick now yeah. <laughs> they met they met chun and can do the spinny bird kick oh wow um but yeah the, the the thing i really like about world tour and this kind of loops back into this game doing a really good job of like gradually teaching you mechanics is there's a couple of things that you you lose the ability to do in modern control mode um most characters have like maybe one maybe two specials that there are not enough directional modifiers to let you use with the simplified controls. But if you happen to learn, you know, the the, the combo string input to do that, uh, to do whatever move is missing from modern mode, you can still use that attack in modern mode. Mm. And the way that World Tour tries to teach you those things to sort of ease you towards, like, incorporating that into uh, modern controls mm. is through a bunch of minigames that, it's really not clear at the time are in any way teaching you combo input strings because they're silly little unrelated mini games. Are you painting the fence? Um, it's not painting the fence. It's, it's like it's making pizzas. Yeah. I'm doing some making pizzas, and oh, I, I, I was practicing my quarter circles while making silly pizzas in a pizzeria, and goofy yeah. noises are happening. And I really like that it it doesn't pressure you to like learn those kind of things in a setting where someone's beating you up and it's stressful, yeah. or even in one where it's like. Hey, we're trying to push you towards, like, you know, be doing those things as well. It's like, hey, don't even think about the context. Do a weird quarter circle and make a pizza. Isn't that silly? Whoa, nonsense. Oh. And, like, I like these little tweaks of, like, it trying to go... Modern controls will give you 90% of the things that, like, everyone else can do in a simplified form. If you want to do those one or two things your character's missing, we're going to find silly ways to, like, get you a little used to it so that may maybe you can do that eventually and it won't be overwhelming. Oh. And... I really like this as a whole little package. It's, it is the most that a fighting game has felt like it has put effort into its single player content actually being substantial in a long time. Mm -hmm. It is the most that a fighting game has felt like it cares about onboarding new people and new people having fun with it. Yeah. And going like, hey, look, we get that fighting games as a genre have become incredibly insular and very laser focused on high input complexity and, like, the top end of players. Other people won't play fighting games, and we, we should teach them how to do it and simplify our controls so they can do it. And I think that that is a great thing to see, and I really hope more fighting games follow suit, because it is wonderful. Okay. So, that's Street Fighter Six. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What you been playing? Uh, we played a board game. What did we, what did we play? We played a bunch of Root. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. Uh, so, uh, we talked about Root before. It is a... Um, asymmetric war game uh, but where you are woodland creatures. Yeah, the the basic version is like, hey, here's a wood, here's some woods. Uh, one of you, like the def the default pairing is one of you is cats who sort of already control a little bit of everything on the board, and the other side is trying to be birds, being like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna muscle you out, we're gonna take control, mm -hmm. and you have a little animal war game. Yeah, whereas the the cats start with huge numbers. 
and um, control of all but one area of the board. You, uh, the, the, the birds have uh, just a tiny little spot on the opposite side, far away from the cat's keep. Um, story-wise, the point is that the, the birds used to rule the roost. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Um, but recently the cats have taken over. Um, so on, there are four factions in the base game. So you've got the, the cats, the birds, the uh, Woodland Alliance, which are mice, little green mice, and the uh, Vagabond, who is a, a, a single unit who moves around on their own. And they all play completely differently. Yes. The cats are doing um they're like building things to move supplies to build more things to raise more numbers and basically they're trying just trying to get the most amount of points they are the easiest faction to learn the easiest faction to teach uh the birds on the other hand are a fascinating potentially powerful house of cards yes Every turn you have to add at least one card to your decree, yes. and then you run your decree, and you yeah. run your decree from left to right, and it will be like, recruit in, fee- in in areas of the board that you control, where you have a roost, that match this colour suit. There are three suits on the board, there is a wild suit, which is the, the, uh, the bird suit of cards, so basically you're going to be putting adding cards from your hand into the decree... Then yes. you're going to be basically running it. So it's uh, recruits, move, move from move from a place that you control that matches the suit yep. that is in the the from as many times as you have cards in that row. Yep. Then you are uh. battling in a matching uh, clearing yep. where you uh, as many times as you have that suit. And then you're building a new roost in a currently unroosted location you control yes, of the matching suit. Yes, and you can only suit. have one roost in each clearing. Yeah, which potentially the birds can do a lot more things per round, potentially. Like, yes. they're not, because the, the cats are limited to three three actions per round, yeah. generally. Whereas the birds, you could be doing, like, eight or nine things. But you're like, okay, well, I had to put a card, add another card to the, the thing, so now I have to recruit in a, in a fox area every time, and if I only have one fox area, and the cats go and uh, beat me up and knock me out of the fox area, I can't recruit in there, and then my whole thing collapses and I have to start from scratch, yes. and now I have very few actions per turn again. Yes, because if at any point you can't do everything in your decree, the decree collapses, you enter turmoil, you lose points for every bird card in your decree... Uh, I think you also lose a couple of other resources. Yeah. And then you uh, basically have to build up from scratch again with an entirely new leader. Yeah. The the birds, like, once they get momentum, like, they point score really well really quickly. Oh, yes. But the problem is, if at any point the House of Cards collapses, it really takes them, like, spinning the engines back up to get that momentum. Yeah. And there's sort of ways around that. Like, if you can... Because your bases don't get deleted... When you uh, when your decree falls apart, you don't have to worry about... You can potentially go, okay, my first leader I put out, they're very heavily focused on bases. I'm going to do a lot of moving and base building and, and recruiting so that I can just spread out across the board. And then once that leader's... If, or if that leader gets defeated, then maybe going, okay, now I'm going to do lots of recruiting because I've got loads of, of bases on the board and battling. So that you can just like start crushing everyone else. That's not necessarily the best option, um, but in two player, especially against the cats, it can be quite important. Uh, you, the Woodland Alliance basically start with no pieces on the board. They're trying to spread uh, sympathy tokens throughout 
the forest, and they uh, basically, if anything moves into a forest where there is sympathy, it will cause outrage, and that person will have to give them a card that will they will then put into their uh, supporters, and those supporters will be used to start little revolutions and, mm. and have a little uprising for the uh, the Woodland Alliance. And I'm very into that as as a team. Uh, it's generally not recommended to start with that faction in two player, mm. um, especially as like they usually they just go play the birds and the cats. It's fine. And there's even a lot of people who will say that Root is not a two-player game, especially if you don't have the hirelings. I, I think I think with the birds and the cats, it's a, it's a two-player game, definitely. Yeah. I think the Vagabonds and the Woodland Alliance um, definitely feel more designed for use in higher-player mm. counts, yeah. but, you know... Yeah, I, and, and, you know, we have the, the Clockwork expansion as well, which I'm going to come on to in a second, hmm. um, which is... Hey, here is an, an automatic thing that will add, like, just some extra complexity into the game for uh, at lower player counts because you can play this game up to six. Yes, not with the base game, but you can do it. Um, so coming on quickly to the root, uh, the the first Clockwork expansion, mm. which I spent about six hours playing today. Just one game. It took me about <laughs> six hours. Admittedly, was I was... This, was this the one where you had all four factions just auto uh, automoring themselves? Yes. I, I decided the easiest way to learn all of the uh, automa rules was going to be set all four up on the board and have them play each other. And by the end of the game, admittedly, I was doing other things in between. But by the end of the game, I was actually going, okay... You draw a card, do the thing, do the thing, blah, 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 blah. End of the action. Okay, next player, draw a card, do the thing, do the thing. They have, like, some elements that are, are basically the same for all of them. Mm-hmm. And it usually starts with draw a card, and then based on the suit of that card, you will perform certain actions or in in a certain way. Yeah. Like, with the cats, the uh, card that you draw will signify what they're going to build. So if it's like um, ra- if it's a rabbit suit card, they're going to build a um, a workshop, which you would usually in a in a multiplayer game, or if you were a human player playing them faction, mm. that's what you would need in order to um, start uh, building things. Yeah. Whereas uh, the automa or the the uh, mechanical marquee mm. two point uh, wants to basically. The mechanical monkey isn't using they like they don't need those things down on the board. They just get to do that thing automatically. Yeah. Okay. But they will obviously be scoring more points because as you're pulling those things off of that board, it reveals the score the, the points underneath and they score that at the end of, of their turn. Mm. Um and there's a few other things that happen specifically like pulling uh, the wild card, the bird card out will make them do something um like very specific. They've got like a whole different uh, action they do during one phase if they pull a bird card which is basically just like a huge attack in as many places as possible yeah, and like a huge amount of everything all at once mm. which I imagine if they got a lot of those cards one after the other could could be pretty devastating there was a whole, a whole period of time where every time the mice did anything every time the Woodland Alliance did anything the cats would come along on their turn and could just completely fuck it up. And then the birds would come along and fuck up the cats. 
<laughs> and anything that was left over of, of the mice, and then come back to the mice, they'd be starting going, okay, well, I don't have any buildings, and I don't have any sympathy, so I'm going to put, because the the, uh, the outrage doesn't trigger against other bots, it only triggers against humans. <laughs> so, yeah. And then you've got the Vagabond, who is really easy to control, because they play very similarly to the normal Vagabond. They're, basically, when you pull a card out, it will have like a flowchart of what that suit does in what order. Hmm. So you've got like, here are the seven or so things that that person can do. They'll like try and complete one of their quests. They'll go rooting around the, the ruins to get treasure. Um, they get more and more powerful as they do things. And basically, I think the, the Alliance got to like 15 points by the end of the game and the Vagabond won. Uh-huh. By a good 10 points. Well. I, I have heard people talk about the fact that the Vagabond is massively OP. Um, main problem I want to come to with this, and the part of the reason it took me so long to get through this game, is we've got the first edition of the Clockwork expansion. Okay. And they have changed the rules. How substantially? Uh, not a huge amount, but they have written things slightly differently. Like, apparently one of the other expansions comes with a sticker to just completely cover over the main phase of of the birds. Mm, interesting. There is an entirely rewritten rulebook of that. Also, we've got fourth edition main main rules, and that we're now up to like the sixth or seventh edition mm. of of the main game rules. So I think I'm gonna have to go and get that printed at some point. Um, yeah, like part of it was just going. This rule doesn't make any sense to me. There's a reason for that. They've changed it. It wasn't very clearly written in one or other version of the rulebook. But um, now that I've got them, uh, or now that I've got through them a bit, I think I could probably do a much better job in future of trying to navigate it. Indeed, like, playing that and still being able to think about my own turn and playing a, a two or, or more player game. Mm. But yeah, it's it was tricky to get through, but like within the last five or six turns, like it was moving really, really quickly. Yeah. So. It got more manageable, especially once I'd looked up all the different, like, errata of... How how does this supposedly do? I, I'm probably going to have a, another go of that fairly soon, uh, playing through solo. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it, even though it was terribly complicated. But I think it will add stuff for when we are playing games together now. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Uh, not much, really. You played anything else? Uh, I know one other thing you've played, because I've also been playing it, but I feel like you've got more to talk about with having played it, because you've, you've come back to it a bit more. Um, I, have I come back to it a bit more? I, thought, I, I, I was only playing it because you were like, yeah, you were playing it, and I was like, you know what, I haven't played that in well, a that's while. What, that's what I mean, is that you haven't played it in a while and have started no. playing it, whereas I play it somewhat regularly. I've been playing Binding of Isaac. Yeah, how's, how's your time been going with Binding of Isaac? I got to Mum's heart for the you, first time. You did. And then I died with like just a, a thumbnail of health on mum's heart yeah i thought this was going to be the one that broke my 30 plus run um, failure as someone on a 250 loss streak um you are considerably further through this than I. I i am but again that doesn't change the fact i have 250 losses in a row and i un- i empathize <sighs> um i have a handful of times gotten to the boss i'm trying to beat and gone okay okay this is the build this is the build this is the build Fuck. Um, I had a really good one the other day where I was absolutely fucking tiny as a Zazel who fires the lasers, and I had um, 
What did I have? I had um, a lightning-based Ludovico technique, so I had a ring wow. of lightning laser, uh, which was great. But I accidentally picked up an item that was a question mark, and it turned out to be the thing where if you take damage, bombs start spawning all around yeah. you. And this is a boss fight where, like, being tiny was great. I could dodge all the projectiles coming at me, but I mm. couldn't move very far out to stay sort of where I was. And then, oops, one hit me. Bombs everywhere. Bombs hit me. Everything kind of yeah. went sideways. I mean, I'm, I'm determined to beat this one fucking boss. I mean, a lot of Binding of Isaac seems to come down to RNG. Like, yes. I'm sure there are people who are considerably better at it than I who will say that, like, you can make it yourself, but, it's, like... It's the most RNG of any of the roguelikes, I think. Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, a, a roguelike should be, because yeah. that's what a rogue it, do. It is the most susceptible to wild swings in the quality of your run, depending on what you luck into. Yeah, like, the, like the time that, that I got, like, to Mum's Heart, I was playing as Hazel because, yeah. partly because I think I I like I've got so used to the fact that that character can fly, even though right. the slowness of charging really irritates me. But it's really hard to go back to to not being able to fly it once you've been playing as Hazel a while. Yeah, because you're suddenly like, oh, I can't. I'm not nearly as mobile as I need yes. to be, and also or, like, or there's like, oh, there's a key, but it's surrounded by four rocks, and I can't simply fly over the rocks and grab it. The, num the number of things that can be solved when you're a Zazel is just like, oh, there's thing behind a single key. Well, I'll just fly around the single key and, and just get it from behind. Yeah. Bye, fuckers. <laughs> um, also, I think it, it teaches me to be better at dodging. Yes. When you know that you, you, can't, you can't reliably account for the fact that you're going to get any more health. Yes, and the fact that you have to be... So up close and personal, because that that laser starts with such a short range. Yes. You're like, I have to be up close. I don't have permanent hearts. Mm -hmm. I've just got to get good at get my damage in and back out. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it is sort of doing that sort of charge and then sort of strafe past them. Yes. And swoop and strafe and swoop and strafe. Oh, God, yeah. There's, there's an awful lot of that to start with. Um, like, the the one where I got to Mum's Heart, I, I got seven permanent hearts. Nice! I had managed to work to by that point, and that's why I thought, yeah, I'm doing it. I also had a thing that, um, kills give me health. Ah. And Mum's Heart obviously has, like, a lot of little things that periodically come off. I was like, I can, I can get things from that. That'll be a way of getting more health. Yeah. And nope, I just... Oh. I wasn't ready for bullet hell. The one I had that was really good was I had um, uh, a prayer for the lost. I think it's called. Which when you it, it takes several rooms to uh, to activate, but it gives you half of a white heart. And if you still have that when yeah. you go down to the next floor, you get a new permanent heart container. Nice. But I also got a duo duo something where anytime you use like your L two activated item, it activates twice, uh, which means. For that, get half a white heart, press the button, you get both hearts, the halves, you get a full heart container right then and there, rather than having to finish the level nice. to get it. Uh, and I was just going, like, anytime I can find batteries, get a battery, full heart container, battery, Ooh. heart container. Sexy. Oh. I think my problem, the other problem I've been having is that I keep struggling to remember which button is which. Yes. Because even though, like, the opening area has, like, the controls on the floor... That's not actually all of the controls. So, like, the number of times where I've been... Yeah, okay, I I knew I want to do my, my little top left uh, move. Yeah. And 
accidentally hitting left bumper, which is bomb. Yes. Going, it didn't work. I'll press it again. Oh, <sighs> shit. I've just stood on my own bomb and exploded myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a while and, uh, it's, it's good to come back to, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm rusty as fuck. Big mood. But yeah, it's, it's good to, good to dive back into it. It's one of the few yeah. roguelikes that I do dive back into in that. It's, that sort of vibe. Every now and then I pick it up as my, like, I'm not ready to commit to another big game, oh. but I want to be playing something I can sink my teeth into, but, like, in little bursts. Yeah, and every time I'm like, I'd probably be better at this if I if I knew what all of these things were. I, I often but, just Google things. Yeah, but sitting there with the FAQ open is... I mean... Uh, the way I tend to do it is there is a there is a, a website where you just see pictures and it's just a page of pictures and you go. I know the website. That one, and it tells you what it do. Yeah, but it, like I I don't I want to be able to play a game where I don't have to sit there with a wiki open. I want to be able to yeah. hover. I, what I want ideally is to be able to hover near the thing and it to give me just a, a quick thing of what it do. If you were to play on PC, there are mods that you can have that happen. I have no I, doubt. I wish that was a thing on Switch. Right? Part, part of my, my boiled piss about the PC version of that is I own the original Binding of Isaac. Yeah. You know, 4x3 keyboard controls only Binding of yeah. Isaac. Um, I have also bought the main game. I've bought the main game with all of the expansions on Switch. And I've bought like two or three of the expansions on PC. And it's like, I don't... It's so expensive to buy the last couple of those on PC. It's, it's, it's like it's really not like I want to just buy one game and have the game, and that be the game, and I have it. Let me own the game that I have purchased multiple times, especially when I already put money into the first version of this that was apparently a fucking prototype by the feel of it. Yeah. Um. I mean, that's Ed for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is why I don't pick up a lot of Ed McMullen games unless they're in, like, a bundle at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it's... It is what it is. Uh, I do enjoy it, but, yeah, I feel like a modded version for PC might be the option. Maybe, eventually, I'll get enough Patreons, wink, 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 and, and <laughs> be like, I can justify it in the last couple of bits of, yeah. of uh, Binding of Isaac. <laughs> Hello, Patreon, I'll give you a kiss. <laughs> Uh, I think that's everything I've played this week. That's everything I've played. Well then, time for this. Are you two warm? Yeah. Would you like to cool down? Yeah. Try our personal internal cooling system. How does it work? Just insert the special cooling rods into your anus and let the warmness just fade away, melt away. Wait, what, what? What what was that? It's a special... Cooling rod that you put inside and then it cools you down. And don't worry about drips with the special drip collection unit. You'll not have to worry about that at all. Uh, yeah, you, I think you glossed over the wear again. It's get the, the special molds for making the special ice rods. Uh, here, here they go, there's that. And then you get the special drip collection unit. You, they, there you go, there's that. It'll, it'll cool you down from the inside. I mean, shoving ice up my ass sure will do that. And the rubber pants will stop you dripping everywhere. Ooh, so fashionable. Oh, it's nearly summertime. Oh, yes, yes. The weather's been getting warmer, I notice. Oh, indeed, indeed. And, of, and of course, uh, 
you know, they say that the uh, the weather generally has been meddling. There's uh, actually less amphibians around. Oh, is yes. that so? Yes, terribly dangerous. Amphibians deal with most of the uh, the annoying little irritations oh, that uh, yes. keep buzzing around. But um, I've had to uh, I had to take matters into my own hands as it were or fronds oh, oh you, you sort of fighting the fighting the little flies and insects yourself or something well sort of I've I've got some carnivorous plants you know to oh. deal with the oh I see yes yes yeah so anything that's annoying and buzzing around you know the the, the plants will just uh, just uh, gobble it up oh is that all so all gone yes yes so. into delicious nutrition it's brilliant Got a Tory canvasser just earlier this week. Oh, lovely! Yes, yes. Of course, now it keeps singing at me. But uh, if anything, I think that's a bonus. Ooh! I hear the landlord's coming for an inspection tomorrow, so that'll be fun. Ooh, indeed. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eyes? Oh, well, we started putting a new thing in our eyes this we week. We did. Uh, what should we should we talk about the thing we watched all of, or the yeah. thing that we've watched half of? Let's talk about the thing we watched all of. Uh, so we watched the newest season of Black Mirror. We did. Um, which uh, I believe is season six. I'm just double checking. Yeah. So, uh, y- you know, Black Mirror. Uh, anthology style. Ooh, technology. Slightly spooky story. Um, so this season, five episodes. Uh, do we want to talk like a little bit about each one? We can, uh, yeah. I've, I've got a little list of them, so... The first one, and I think maybe the most interesting of the batch, was um, uh, Joan is Awful. Yes. Um, which felt like it was going to be somewhat formulaic, but I think surprised me at the end with uh, what it did with its premise. Um, yes. The simple pitch is a woman called Joan has a very bad day at work and then comes home and sees a show about her and her day uh, depicting her as an awful person and exaggerating her day to make her look much. But only just about. Yeah. Let's be honest. Look, she was a little miffed off and did a couple of not great things, but like that that got televised, but also ramped up to eleven. Mm-hmm. And sudden, suddenly, everyone is like, "Oh, you, you're that terrible, shitty person." Um, and I don't want to say too much more about it, but. I really like the the weird stuff that goes on with um, the sort of meta narrative of the person, her, and the person playing her in the th- thing, and how that all works. It was funny as well. It was yeah. It was a. It was one of the more amusing Dark Mirror episodes in a while. It had fun with its premise. Yeah. Uh, with its sort of dystopia. Yeah. Um. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Yeah. There was uh, Lock Henry, which is where this season gets... It's the first moment we went, this season's fucking not fucking about. Oh, no. Um, Someone goes back home to his kind of racist little nowhere town. Uh, Him and his girlfriend are going to make a documentary, maybe. Shit goes south. Um, Don't fuck about. It doesn't... It does not fuck about. It is intense. It is a lot. Yep. Um... Oh, um, I really enjoyed Beyond the Sea, which is the one about space. Yes, space and robot bodies. Yes, I think that was that was another one of the the better ones of this season. 
It was dark as fuck. Again, dark as fuck. As one would expect. Really fucking dark as fuck. It is a lot, but it is a fictional past in which uh, some men have been sent up into space to do some sort of work up in space. Mm -hmm. And in order to still have some connection to home, they can plug into a thing and be back at home in a little robot body. And um, it goes sideways very quickly. Um... Fantastic performance from uh, Aaron Paul, I think his name is. Um, Jesse from yeah. Breaking Bad. Um, de- does a really good job of playing... Uh, does a very good job of playing a character that that is good in the same way that the main character from Orphan Black was. I always appreciate when someone... When one actor is having to play a couple of very different performances. Mm-hmm. Um, there was Maisie Day, uh, the one with the paparazzi... Oh fuck! Um, yeah. Again, uh, good story, but fucking unrelenting. Yeah, and and then mm, that one felt more like a Twilight Zone episode, I think, than than any of the I, others. I kind of agree with you. It it was the most direct. That's not a complaint. I enjoyed. No, the no, agreed. Zone. It it was the most directly like about a real world thing today, and like it it's a story that like v- for most of its runtime was not about. The, the 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 sort of science fiction horror it was most of it is just of a very real horror that happens still today in the real world paparazzi are fucking monsters oh yes um and then it ended on demon 79 which fun fact directed and co-written by the director of miss marvel oh cool yeah um, that had a slightly grindhouse vibe to it it did um i'm very glad that one Ended the way it did. I had some concerns about it for a minute at the yes. end. Um, a woman accidentally activates a talisman and now a demon is telling her that she has three days to murder three people or the literal apocalypse is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And she's she, she, she got to go, go, go do some murders or the world's going to end. Yep. And we both, I think, talked a bit about that... Um, escape room board game we played a while ago. Um, ah, yes, the uh, the one about Prince Leopold, yes. King Leopold, the the one where it turns out, oh, you you were just having a mental health crisis. None of that was real. You killed those people for no reason. It had, I had concerns. This might be that. Yes, and I'm glad that it avoided the pitfalls. I was worried it was going to step on, but. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I I think that was it was pretty fun. If heavy, mm-hmm. again, all of this season was like it was very bleak. I there, mean, that's Black Mirror through and through. I mean, you know, previous seasons have had stuff like um, oh, what was a San Junipero was a very hopeful one. Mm-hmm. Um, like they've occasionally had like the odd like kind of hopeful one here and there, but like no, this one's just nah, it's fucking fucking rough, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that that was season six. What, what did you think overall? Um, overall, very good. Um, one thing with it, I thought, was a little bit even unusual for this type of um, anthology horror thriller type thing. A lot, a lot of these types of things are quite good. Of when someone's being shitty, it's going to be addressed. Yes. And there's at least a couple of, of bits in this where I don't think it is as fully addressed as it should be. 
Yes. Like, for example, there is the uh, the one where the, the the couple go to the visit the mum in Scotland. Yeah. And they they uh, end up making a different movie. Yeah. Like, there are at least a couple of people in there who are quite openly racist and and probably in the way that there are the kind of person who doesn't think about themselves as racist yeah but will just sort of say things that's just like that's not okay fuck you that's a great example of one where like the opening like three minutes of that episode i thought the entire episode like the the thing central to it was going to be racism mm. and it was going to be a black mirror episode specifically about racism and then it just kind of falls off and like nothing nothing really comes of it uh, yeah yeah no one really addresses that yeah it's it's not like a, a story about the evils of racism there's just racism happening for yeah. a minute like and apparently that's okay yeah and there's a few of the stories like the uh, the one with the, the people in space where like the ending note will be fucking fucking bad thing happens and just like they just cuts off there and it's like yep yep we're just gonna there's a lot of like just leaving things hanging i think leaving a thing hanging is fine because it's what keeps you talking about the thing afterwards like i i like again in like twilight zone type stuff i really like that kind of thing and here's the thing i generally agree with you but i think when paired with things like the like the racism that doesn't really go anywhere yeah. and like or where the thing doesn't get called out and isn't the point of what's happening that like it feel it feels weird yes like there is something specifically different about this season in that regard that like yeah feels it feels like there are dropped threads it's the same with demon 79 because yes um that there is like a lot of very overt racism yeah, the, in that the open cuz Demon 79 is a really easy one to talk about in this regard, and I'm getting, like, very minor spoilers here. Um, that it starts with a lot of overt racism happening to the main character, yeah. and then you get a whole premise about you need to go murder some fuckers yeah. to save the world. And the obvious thing that connects in your head that would feel like a narratively satisfying payoff is maybe not the first or second, but like, you know, toward the end, I'm gonna go murder those fucking racist bastards. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna get my, my cathartic, um, you know, moment of of this is what you deserve, and then none of that, re- like spoilers, th- that that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, like that would have been. You've s- got you've got a, a mixture of um the the person who is like 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 pretty much sitting in front of her reading a National Front leaflet. Um, um, and then you've got like the the Tory who's like. Oh no no! I think just like all these these evil bigots, but I don't say it out loud. But you know what you, I mean. You've got the fucking like, hey, can you please stop bringing food in and heating it in the office microwave? Because you know other people's food isn't you know sm- not a microwave. isn't smelly is. like yours. Uh, yes. Can you please bring a sandwich or something? Something no- s- some normal food. Some normal food that doesn't like, smell and won't get into it, the shoe yeah, leather. But again, it's such a fu- it's such a fucking perfect premise to yeah. like they set up a villain. Who who's yeah. done something shitty in a setting where you are justified to maybe have to do some murder. Yeah, and it, like, as someone who has watched a lot of this kind of, not necessarily even anthology stuff, but a lot of this kind of uh, horror or thriller or sort of it's that sort of stuff, well, like, where dark shit yeah. does happen, it feels really weird that none of that gets properly punished. It, it keeps setting up people who would make perfect sense to have a comeuppance, and then... The comeuppance is to someone completely unrelated to that. Yes. It's it 
it feels kind of unfulfilling in that regard. Yes, even though like there is some aspect of of Demon Seventy Nine, which is the um, initially she keeps having little flashes of, of fantasy about what yeah, she would again, do. She, like she should and be. Then it's not real. Yeah, it's. But again, it's the racists are the only ones that she has to imagine it with and doesn't actually get to yeah to 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 do the thing with yeah ah. Uh. It's, yes, generally a good season, but there is something a little strange about it, particularly with its attitude towards bringing up racism and then not allowing characters to have their sort of cathartic release that seems like it's building toward. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, this season felt way less queer than previous seasons have. It did. Something, something's just like a little different this season. I don't season. know if they've changed like a bunch of the writers or, or whatever. Maybe. Um... But the other thing we watched is we watched the first. We've watched the first five episodes. Talking about things we struggled with. Yeah, first five out of ten episodes of the season one of the Man Who Fell to Earth. Yes, so this is a sort of remake of an old David Bowie thing. This is a this is a uh, a reimagining of a book from the nineteen thirties, I think, or nineteen forties. That was made into a, a movie that starred David Bowie as the man who fell to earth. And now it's a TV, a sort of prestige TV show kind of thing. Yes, on Showtime, but I yeah. believe that it was also, like, the BBC were involved in yeah. some version of it. So, um, where to even begin on this? Um, there is a man who falls to earth and needs to make a, uh, a thing that's going to be sustainable power for all of humanity and save the world. But he's an alien, and the way they depict that is he is very clearly autistic. Yes. And, like, at first I was like... Because I, I haven't read the book, I haven't um, watched the original film, although people talk about it being a classic. The way that sort of opens with him, like, falling in this meteorite thing, and then seemingly, tra- like, transforming from a sort of cat Cardassian type thing... <laughs> into a, a human person uh, that like he almost looked at the beginning that like he was his DNA was being rewritten to blend in and and look like uh, or, or even become a human and that's sort of the impression I got from that intro and that's not quite how it works out like you are told later on yeah. but that was the vibe I got and so from a point of view of like the initial few episodes, I was willing to give it a bit more leeway of he's just had his DNA written, rewritten, as as was my understanding. Mm. That's, again, that's not the case. Yeah. He's, uh, you know, on a strange planet. He's seemingly got this mission. There's so much, and it's, it's very overwhelming, and I get yeah. that. And when the character that's trying to help him initially goes... Uh, 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 he, he's on the spectrum to try and explain it to someone in a diner. Yeah. I could almost forgive it then. And then we went on a bit further and we met another character who, uh, has, um, severe, um, like, aller- allergic reactions. Like, yeah. leth- potentially lethal allergic reactions. They also have a huge amount of anxiety. But that was also poorly handled from from yeah. that point of view like that character is really shitty there's i think there's someone else who appears to have like uh like was it like adhd type yeah. stuff i think it was and uh, there's yeah there's someone that's verging on like obsessive compulsive uh, stuff a lot of the characters in this that have mental uh, that uh, appear to have mental health conditions are either terrible people 
or have their mental health conditions because they did something terrible yeah. that led to it, or, like, it's not great. Um, so, like, I want to talk about this autistic alien thing, because, like, here's the th- where I sort of land on it. Um, I, I want to be clear up front quite how much they 100% just, like, take everything off the DSM criteria tick list to give to this alien. It's like, okay, overwhelmed by sensory information, yeah. takes things literally, um, yeah. you know, it, it, etc. Like, go- going down the list, it's very, 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 this is autism. Um, but the thing I think that I find frustrating is that it is specifically all of the those kind of symptoms that I think make sense for someone who's, like, suddenly on a new world, not used to the customs, etc. Yeah, um, and, and especially of the fact that, like, when you're hearing through his ears, he can hear, like... Conversation. He can hear a conversation that's happening on a phone across the room. He can hear both yes. sides of that clearly. And I almost like that as a representation. Now the problem is they've also paired that with a very harmful autistic stereotype, which is the literally cannot be empathetic to other people mm. and like like violently unempathetic to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally cannot understand. Um, you know that what they're doing is upsetting other people, working other people to the bone, and, like, not yep. giving them, like, basic fucking human decency. When, when somebody is is uh, elderly and infirm, he's like, well, why, why don't you just die? Why don't you, you'd, yeah. you'd, be, you'd, you'd be better off for your family. You'd be using fewer resources. Yeah. Um, be, be dead already. Why don't you be dead? Um, yes, you're spending too much time in the bathroom, uh, woman, on your menstrual cycle, so I locked the bathroom. You don't get to go use the bathroom anymore. Like... Like, real, I cannot empathise at all with other people. And also, and like, at the start, when he... Um, it, it comes about as a, as a matter of something yeah. he's misunderstood, but it's uh, uh, he doesn't control the volume of his voice. Yes. Um, he's shouting a lot. He's, like, it's almost yeah. like he's got a tick the way he um, uses certain words and phrases. Yeah. But, the, like, that does sort of die down a little bit <sighs> later on. Eventually, but, like, here's the thing. We're halfway through the first season. Yes. And, like, there has been an opportunity that would have been the perfect chance for, like, oh, he's turned the corner on the empathy oh, thing yeah. and is going to be a bit better on that. And, like, that was the moment, if there ever was one, to go, cool, we're gonna we're gonna chill it a little bit on the autistic alien doesn't understand empathy thing, mm-hmm. and no, they they don't fucking turn like you know dial it back even no, a tiny bit. Th- he didn't learn anything from what just happened there. Yeah, he's just angrier now. Yeah, yeah, it's um, and like it, from if if they if they'd gone about it in a different way, like one of my favorite films as a kid was the original um, Day the Earth Stood Still, which is the concept again of alien is coming to Earth. To warn of a big impending peril, but also be like, "Hey, you need to sort your shit out." And we, 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 we are like, we will absolutely fuck you up if you do not deal with this. Yeah, like, like we are willing to be ruthless. We we know how like violent you are as a species, and that's that sort of thing, and that we need to teach you a lesson. And you need to absolutely need to pay very serious attention to it, otherwise we will fuck you up. Like I could have understood that, but it isn't. Like he, it's all he has is uh, like in the first few episodes is all he has is his yeah. mission. Then he's got like all all it is is getting to the next part of that to the next part of that, and then like again it's like the you've then got other characters who were just being 
shitty in very weird ways. And like, and it's like, oh, is this a mental health thing? Because it's gone from at first, I thought he was just fucking with another person, and then it was like, is it a he doesn't remember that he's just done a thing and he's doing something different, or is it that he's just playing with people? I, and the thing that again frustrates me about like this main character is it's very much played the way that like. TV shows about autistic savants will play characters where they go, this person is being a fucking unempathetic asshole, but he's such an amazing one-of-a-kind super genius that we all just kind of have to, to keep quiet and not say anything and not like you know just let let him be an asshole to us because he's we we need his super genius abilities. That in in itself is is weird in a number of ways because you've got that side of the the savant side of oh he uses base 60 counting system and ah oh, no one uses that and that's really advanced and and he can do maths that we can't even think about because it's it's yeah. you know so you know the numbers so astronomically large. But then you've also got the point of view of him going well, you know, I'm just, I'm, 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 an, I'm not really a no, I'm a no one, and and in our culture, there's drones and there's, there's like teachers, and the teachers do all the big smart stuff, uh, but my teacher has summoned me here to do this thing. The the thing about this guy's characterization, I feel like it's just gone on too long, because I feel like let's say by the end of epi- like over the first say three maybe four episodes, mm-hmm. they had like gradually sort of toned down some of those aspects of performance as he has spent more time around humans and seen oh humans respond negatively to me doing that thing yes i will self-regulate behavior and that had maybe crescendoed to the event that is the big like would have been the really good i i I am having empathy and i understand other people have feelings like that could have been a good arc it could have been a good arc but all they did was He's gone from just knowing the few words that were spoken to him in that first yeah, hour or so to having a bigger vocabulary but still yeah. being kind of an asshole. He's he's and not being good. kind of okay to some people or being shitty and then doing something lovely in a shitty way yeah. and not explaining himself. Yeah, it it got so bad that we we ended up having this conversation about that the. The performance of that character and the writing of that character that I went and looked up the book to find out, like, hey, is this something they've pulled from the original? Because if this was an artifact of the original book, I'd have sort of understood. Yeah, like, this is just like, well, we've just tried to get the page onto the screen. Yeah. But it's not... Like, I I haven't read the whole book, don't get me wrong, I definitely haven't had time for that, but, like, I've read the first few pages, and, like, it's from, like, a... Uh, an outside perspective of him but also like has moments of he was thinking this and that and the other and it's all very like oh he'd rehearsed this conversation in his head and he understood and he was very polite and he was trying to trying to fit in and be be nice and kind and understanding with the person at the pawn shop while he was trying to sell a ring and, and fit in and like so this seems like this was absolutely a decision Based on whoever decided to do the adaptation. after you mentioned that, I did go and read those first couple of pages. And the thing that I think is, and I've not read the whole thing, but those first couple of pages, I get the impression almost, maybe they were trying to write an autism equals alien thing, but they were writing the kind of autistic person who was like making real efforts to be like, okay, I've rehearsed that conversation in my head. I've done like the social flowchart. I know how to do this and hopefully not like have a human get upset that I've done the thing. Like, it's a very different kind of autistic person that they have here gone, 
autism equals you don't you you cannot empathize with people. Yeah, you you just have no regard for people. You, yeah, you're kind of a kind of a fucking alien monster in that regard. The, the difference of by an autistic about an autistic and autism moms are heroes. It's yeah. it's it's that scale. I feel like and um yeah, like I. I'm kind of tempted to go and watch the original movie yeah. uh, just to, to find but out like if this is an artifact of that. But it's a shame because I'm enjoying the mystery. The and story is fascinating. The story is fascinating. It's just and most of the performances. There are some. Well, I mean, there are some great character performances of yeah. some ill-conceived written and directed characters. Yeah, the actors are like giving some really good performances oh, yeah. in an ill-advised with some ill-advised stage direction. Yeah, and the other thing is like the it starts in media res seemingly at what is going to be the end of the story with the main character going out on stage in front of thousands of people and giving like this huge TED talk about how he got here and how yeah. he's going to save the world. It feels it feels like they needed. It feels to like if they were going to do that level of oh, he's gone from doesn't speak yeah. two words apart from fuck and water, <laughs> and and to being able to have this big articulate conversation, <sighs> you could have wrapped that up yeah. way I f- way more. I feel like by the fifty percent point in the show, we should be able to see we are some noticeable degree along the the arc from starting position to where it's apparently going to end. Yeah, like we have made zero like. Other than I can talk in full sentences rather than just repeating echolalia things I've heard. Yeah. Like, other than that, we have moved zero steps on the line from I've crashed on Earth to I am an eloquent, no one would know I was an alien yeah. human business leader. Yeah, and, and it's it's that whole thing of he does seem to have grown a little bit, but only in some scenes and other scenes it doesn't seem like he's, he has at all. Or sometimes it feels like the only reason he acted in a certain way was not to be nice, but just to try and get his own way, or, yeah. or to manipulate someone. It's like, well, that still I, feels shitty in a number yeah, of ways. Yeah, like um, with with look, I'm I'm just gonna give a fucking example of transactional goodness. Um, I cured someone's cancer. Can we do what I want now? Yep. I could have done it at any time, but like now it's you know transactionally helpful to me. I did it. Yeah. Can can we do? What I want that you don't want to do now. Yeah. Yep. I put I put friendship coins into you. Yeah. It's it is fascinating. It is it is weird because I got hooked onto that from TikTok. Like someone showed like a, a a recap of what must be little bits from the first two or three episodes in the course of like a two minute like trailer thing, and I was like, that looks fascinating. Um, but you like watching the whole thing. It, the story is fascinating. I want to know where it goes and what do the fact that it's being labelled as season one concerns me because if this doesn't wrap up at the end of yeah, 10 episodes, how, how many? How far into season two think, will we get before development? I don't think I would give a fuck if this doesn't wrap up at the end of season one. Yeah, once one season is what I will give this to get itself. Together. Yeah. Um, but like, I definitely want to see season one through, if for no other reason yeah. than I'm deeply curious about the sometimes baffling choices they're making. Yes. With an otherwise <laughs> interesting story. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So it's, it's not, it's not a, a recommend from either of us right no. now, but like, <laughs> but it is a thing we watch. It is gen, <laughs> it is a thing that like, it might be worth a curiosity watch if you're listening to this going, 
That sounds like a real fucking train wreck. I want to... It can't be that I want to hate watch this I with hate, I wanna, I want to confusedly watch this and go, oh god, they really are doing it. It yeah. could be fun for that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, there were a few times in that opening scene uh, in, in the police station that I was like, hey, it me. I, I, I sometimes find all the th- right. oh oh I right. see what they're doing oh I no, really, oh, no. I reverse, really, reverse I really wanted to <laughs> I really wanted to look at this character and go yeah representation no no thank you um what about you you watched anything else this week um I well yes actually I need to I need need to mention this okay so on the channel the codex entry um. They have done a series of videos about Pathologic. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about Pathologic last week. I watched, watched the H-Bomb video about it. Yeah. Cool. And uh, one of our listeners, the, the lovely Callum Turner. Hi, Callum. Thank Hi. you. Um, was like, hey, if you want to know about Pathologic, you, you should watch this, these videos. Uh, so I watched all of the first one. That is two hours, eight minutes, 32 seconds. Uh, that is uh, the... Pathologic for those who will never play it. Act one, Bachelor's Route. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm about halfway through Act two, which is Pathologic for those who will never play it. Act two, that one is four and a half hours long. Yeah, there is another video after this as well. Um, since they seem to be getting released every six months, I I I think we've probably got a ways to go. I don't know if Act three is even going to be the end of the main character, like the the Bachelor's yeah. route. And if so, are they also going to do the um, the horror spec and the changeling? I think the characters are. I vaguely know what they're called. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's fascinating. It's still, it's very much not a game that I'm ever going to play. Yeah, uh, it seems horrible, even when you know like what to do. Like it seems like the most powerful thing you can do in 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 this game is save scum constantly. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, it is a game that hates you. I'm glad it, it is indirectly hating someone else so that I can enjoy it. And also, it, sometimes it's fun to hear someone like reading through it and reading through like lines of dialogue from the the story and just the exasperate like what the oh. Oh yes, the game has come to fuck with me once more. Yay. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's fascinating. Uh, so thank you very much for the the recommend. I am slowly watching through it all uh, when I have a minute. Uh, you watching anything else? Uh, not much else. Uh, I, I put down one YouTube video I watched at like Ooh. three in the morning because I couldn't sleep, so okay. I quietly popped on. Um, the video is called. Xenoblade or British uh, <laughs> Alpha Rag and Chugga Conroy uh, on the Good Vibes Gaming YouTube channel uh, two American YouTubers are tasked with telling whether whether turns of phrase using Xenoblade are original made up things for Xenoblade or real things we say in the UK okay. um, so you know um, uh, I'm trying to think of some good examples off the, off the top of my head. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the rhyming, the Cockney rhyming slang apples and pears meaning stairs. Uh, is that a thing that Xenoblade invented or is that a, a thing that British people say? Right. Um, you know, um, uh, uh, having, having a, sh- uh, sh- uh, what's the, what's the term? Sh- shifty? Yep. Um, is that a thing that Xenoblade invented or a <laughs> Britishism? Um, uh, and then to do a tiebreaker at the end, it just started devolving into general British uh, trivia, such as who can guess the closest? What is a butty? 
Uh, if I tell you there is a type of potato chip called a quaver, uh, what would your guess be of how to describe it? Uh, whoever gets closest wins. Neither of them used the word cheese to describe a quaver, uh, which, like, that's a pretty fundamental word you've got to use. I mean, they used to do prawn cocktail ones, I don't they, think they, they do anymore. They, they, they do other flavours, I guess, but, like, I think if someone asked you, like, describe a quaver, I think cheese would be, like, should be, the like, a default describing word. I'd for... say, like, imagine a potato peeling... That that had been sort of fried in such a a, a very fast way, that a potato peeling with the the texture of a prawn cracker. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, so that was that was something to be doing when I couldn't sleep. I imagine so. Um, but yeah, that's about it for me. Well, then. <gasps> time for this. Laura, 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 we've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you get countless email notifications daily? Yeah, oh god, so many. Do you get, like, all the social media stuff? Yeah. Do you get a WhatsApp? Yeah. Do you get the Teams? All the work stories, all the Slack? I I turn off all my notifications because, like, I get so many and so many of them are just nothing. It's, and also, like, it's just constant noise. You don't yeah. know what, what what do. At some point, you just start to tune it out. Right, but, like, I do actually need to know some of those notifications. So you want to know which ones are actually important? Yes. Well, we've got an algorithm. Oh. Not us, the, the sponsor. Oh, okay. Has got an algorithm that will sort all the notifications into silent, ignorable updates and actual updates you need to pay attention to. Oh. Notifying you only of those and putting the rest in a... Later folder, but we know what later means. Yeah. Oh, it made a sound. That means it's actually a thing I need to pay attention to. That's right. It's notificationfilter.lol.net. Enter the code QNPS265. I know it's right this week. <laughs> and uh, you can get 265%. This joke gets sinner every week. <laughs> uh, off your first month of notification filtration. Station nation <laughs> elation <laughs> cessation two hundred sixty five percent off exactly oh it's it's a deal uh, that it is inside the boardroom of supremacy software hi hi so uh we've been getting some complaints. Again with the complaints. I know, again with the complaints. Do you remember when everyone loved us? Is this because of the cancellation of X3? Well, like, because when we had X3, people were always hyped to see us. They were always coming to see us. They were, it was like the hype everyone was really excited. Or is this because we started letting people into X3? Well, yeah, a bit of both, bit of both. So, uh, we, you know, we didn't have the show Florida, you know, hype them up on this year. But, you know, we put, we put our own show together and announced all our things and, yeah. Some people complained that uh, in a two and a half hour showcase, we didn't have a single woman on stage. But, you know, we did have uh, those uh, great jokes about the sponsors. Well, we did. Yeah. So here's here's the thing. And I, you know, I tried to smooth the situation over. Um, I, I put out a statement that said, hey, uh, it's not our fault we didn't have a woman on stage. We had one woman we were going to put on stage in that two and a half hours. Right. And then she couldn't come. So really, it's not our fault we had no women on stage. We were going to have one woman on stage. Right. And it's her fault for not showing up. Right. Uh, it's yeah. her fault there's no women here. Yeah, it's her fault there is no it equality. Is, yeah, it is the woman's she fault. She stopped the equality. That if there, there could have been one woman... 
and now there are no women because of the woman. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that seems perfectly reasonable right, to me, and I assume that everyone has agreed with that. I thought that would be the case. Right. Um, it has not been. But Pe- that's such a genius idea. Right. How How could that be? I mean, people's response, and I do realize in hindsight, like, it's a tricky one, Right. was, maybe you could have had more than one woman, so if one woman pulled out, you'd still have at least one woman. Like a... A backup woman. Yeah. The fact that we only had one woman is apparently our fault. We should have had a backup woman. Like a, a redundancy woman. Yeah. Like we should have had a... a fail safe You, you can't call us sexist redundancy woman. Right. Right. So like, I don't know if we can do anything about it for this year, but for next year... Look, I don't even ca- I don't even care if there's anything to do with the development of any of the games in the show. Right. We gotta have just a woman stood by the side of the stage so that like, if the planned woman can't come out, like... We just go grab a woman and go, you. Could we get maybe, like, a a cardboard cutout? I mean, I can't see why not. What if it had, like, one of those, like, lenticular images? So as it, like, wheeled across the stage, maybe we could, like, push it on a skateboard or something. They got the uh, the, the two-pack hologram tech now. We could could hologram a woman in. And maybe we could make it AI and then, like, have a whole series of jokes about the AI oh, woman that we had oh, on our show. Oh, that, that sounds... Everyone would love that, oh, right? You, you are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? I've really not put much in my ears this week. Yeah. I've been prepping a bunch of work stuff and that has meant... Bunny. I've been, been a using your own words. I've been, yeah, this, this Sound week... Sound go out. It's not yeah, this week has been a big week for I have lots of work things that, like, I don't have space to put music into my... New music into my brain until words come out of brain. I have many speeches um, to do. I will do speech, speech, speech. Indeed. I will put generic, forgettable background tunes I've already heard on... Uh, and not even pay attention to what I listen to while I write things. So, what about you? What do you listen to? Uh, I also not terribly much. I have caught up on a bunch of podcasts. Uh, Dice Funk, Shut Up and Sit Down. Uh, but mostly I've been listening to, um, Ava Crowns. Um, live streams on Twitch. Uh, it's A-V-A-C-R-O-W-N underscore. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does, uh, Streams for like three or four hours most weekdays, and it's uh, EDM, hardstyle, techno, um, that that sort of like very danceable, very yeah. heavy music. There's just a German DJ DJing some some hard sounds on uh, on on the Twitch. It's yeah. good to listen to. It's it's been a while since I've like gone out and listened to that kind of music because. Gosh, we haven't had time to, to go out for recreation in a while. It's been a little bit. It has. It's been a little bit. Yeah, hasn't been helped. Raving ages. It hasn't helped that our usual things we go to both have changed in ease of getting to or happening at allness. Yeah. Uh but yeah. It's been yeah. a while since we've had a wiggle. Yes, it is. And then also we've been very busy, so it's not been really practical to try and organise a night out. Yeah. But there we go. But yeah, li- listening to uh, a lot of those, it's been nice to do. And yeah, hopefully at some point we will get to have a wiggle soon. But also it's a good excuse because I'm trying to wear in some new boots. So yeah, you big like stompy boots. Stomp, stomp, stomp in, in to a bit of, bit of techno. It's good to do. Yeah. Well then. <gasps> Time for this. 
What's the matter, kitty? Hey. Hey, what's up? You're too warm. It is too warm, too, isn't it? Too warm. I'm covered in fur. It's you too warm. Are. Mm, I'm not going to shave you, though. I've heard mm. that that's actually really bad mm. and makes things worse. Mm, fix it. It's too warm. Fix it. Well, I can't because um, other humans older than me decided that it was just going to keep getting hotter and they would get more money. You can do anything though, fix it. I can't do anything. You can. You can make dreamies appear out of the cupboards. I know, that's because I put dreamies in the cupboard. You can't make the door be open when it wasn't open because you have thumbs. I, I do, yeah, I can do that. You uh, you can uh, make there be the thing on the floor that is soft I can sit on. I can put your pillow in the middle of the floor, yes? Yeah, so it's too warm, fix it. I can put the fan on. Mm, acceptable. Would you like me to put the pillow in front of the fan? Okay. There you go. Captain, there is an emergency. Oh no, an emergency. Where is the emergency? It's in the transporter bay. Oh, in the transporter bay. Wait, yeah. is, it, is something coming up from the planet? Oh, no, no, there's been a transporter incident. There's been some more incident. What yeah. happened to the transporter? Well, well, is the transporter well, okay? Two people were meant to come through the transporter and something went wrong and now they're, they're one person. Oh, you yeah, well, only one person. Yeah. Okay, well, we better go down to the, the transporter bay and see if they're okay. Yeah. Oh. Oh, hello. Hello. Um, eh, uh, oh. Oh, Hmm, you you look like two of my friends. Hello, I'm now one person and I would like to be this now. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yes, you have two little noses. Yeah. And they're both right next to each other and they're the two little noses. Yeah. They're very cute. Yeah. And, and you go, uh, little so- your fur is double soft. Yeah. Oh, your fur is double soft. And look, your little ears are slightly longer than our little ears. And it is more soft and more long and more, more fuzzy, fuzzy. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, okay. I'm going to call you, um, Neelock. Okay. Okay, Neelock. I hope there is no ethical concerns with me staying one person. No, that's absolutely fine. You're double the soft and double the cute and double the goodness. That is absolutely fine. Yeah. Okay. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Brochure Justice Warriors. Yeah. Right, me. All right, Larry. How you doing? Oh, you know, uh, tired, mate. Been, been yeah. a bit too warm to sleep. You, you doing all right? Oh, a bit depressed at the state of things. Everything's yeah, been yeah, getting a bit yeah. grim again. Yeah, what I missed. Oh, are you, uh, you aware of uh, the uh, the comments Rishi Sunak's been making this week and uh, the uh, the changes to British policy, of, uh, policy around trans people in education that have been happening? Um, I, I mean, I've had a quick refresher. Of, uh, there was a... a thing I, I caught on the, one of the uh, social medias earlier someone sort of did a 10 minute recap firstly of, of Rishi Sunak being uh, caught on a microphone uh, making some yeah. uh, fairly uh, grossly trans trans uh, transphobic comments yeah. and then obviously there's this new uh, guidelines for schools yes which um I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna dance around it. It's fucking bad. Um, yeah, yeah. Pe- people have been pointing out. Um, it is in many ways worse than Section Twenty Eight in yeah. what it is advocating for. So, the short version is uh, uh, a trans person could not transition within school uh, without 
uh, without their parents' permission. Yeah. So if their parents do not approve of them transitioning, you know, the schools are being advised, you cannot acknowledge their, their desire to transition. Yeah. Um, uh, if a person does transition, uh, th- that can only be with the uh, the approval, uh, as long as it's not going to cause any emotional distress or confusion to any other student in the school. Yeah. So essentially, voting system, single veto. If if one person's like, no, nah, I don't want them to transition, you know, one of their one of their fellow you know students can just decide they don't like that. Yeah, and knowing how kids could be, they could just be right. like, oh, it was a laugh. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, even if they are allowed to transition, um, the, the the guidance is that there should be uh, zero reprimanding of anyone who doesn't want to respect their name or pronouns. Yeah, that's from students and teachers. I exactly. Understand. That they should be allowed to just dead name and misgender them, and that that's just fine. No one should be forced to you know respect a person yeah. and their identity. Uh, alongside um, teachers being told that they're uh, being given the guidance that. If, if there is so much as a suggestion that a student under 18 is thinking about their gender, not even, you know, transitioning, just being like, you know, maybe, you know, I was just thinking about gender. They are legally, you know, they, they should go, they have to go and tell the, the parents. So like a 17 year old going, oh, I don't know that I really gel with, with, you know, with, with manliness, really. Gotta go tell the teacher. That is uh, the uh, parent. You gotta make sure the parent is informed. Your kid did a gender discussion. Yeah. That has to be reported. Yeah, I, I can see this getting to a whole uh, McCarthy Red Scare or Trans Scare in this case, sort of uh, reporting of, of students against each other or, you know, uh, obviously a lot more, more bullying for, for students who are trans. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely horrifying. You know, I've I've been saying for years. You know, I'm very glad that you know I I got through school before the age of social media, and uh, you know, even though I, I did grow up during Section Twenty Eight, I imagine that this is going to be so much worse on on so many levels. Yeah, yeah, uh, like Section Twenty Eight. You know, for all its problems, never explicitly said that. You know, so much as you know, if someone under Section Twenty Eight said, uh, you know, to their friend, I think I might be gay. Uh, teachers were not legally obligated to inform their their parents who might be homophobic no matter how much they beg them please don't you know weren't yeah. obligated to tell a parent they could have discretion you know things you know uh, your your ability to come out as gay wasn't uh, you, you weren't told okay let's take a vote whether your class is okay with you coming out as gay and yeah. if any of them says no you just don't get to be gay like it's fucking it's fucking twisted shit and yeah. like genuinely like i i i grew up you know in a about the best time i could have done in the uk in that like you, you know several years of my education were under section 28 but i came out you know just at the end of section 28 like as we were starting to get more and more mainstream discussion of lgbt identities yeah. and it was a i i you know i just about got to ride the wave as it was as it was happening but you know it feels really rough and uh you know, if you're ever someone who's told yourself, like, you know, looked back on Section 28 and gone, oh, if I'd have been there at the time, I'd have, you know, been protesting, I'd have been, you know, standing up for, for, for kids' rights, you know, I'd have been standing up for queer kids. Now's your and fucking... queer adults. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And I think that the other thing about why, why uh, Section 28 is in some ways uh, less bad is the fact that Section 28 gained a lot of its power by the vagaries of it. Yeah. It was about you're not allowed to promote, you're not allowed to educate about, 
and, yeah. and that sort of led to it just being sort of silence. Where in this, it is we, we're not. It's not going to be silent. It's going to be loud. It's going to be very loud, and you'll be, you know, potentially severely punished or severely reprimanded. Reprimanded, and then obviously, if we've, if it's got to be voted on by uh, the rest of the school, then you know that is uh, outing someone to an entire school where they might have wanted to previously keep things, you know, on the down yeah, low or just exactly. generally quiet. This is. So much well, like, louder and more dangerous. It, it denies, you know, and it also denies trans students like the the opportunity to, you know, just casually experiment with, you know, identity. Yeah. You know, be like, yeah, I'm not so sure about what's going on. I, I just, I, you know, I don't want to commit to anything or rush into anything. Yeah. Just want to play around with names and pronouns and see how it feels. Yeah. It will be like, no, you you literally cannot do that unless you are willing to jump in the deep end and fight for your right. Despite the fact that you're going to have to have that voted on against the school, and yeah, we're like, going to show you how bad it can be. Yeah, it's fucking miserable. Like yeah. if, if you if you think you were the kind of person who would have stood up against Section Twenty Eight, you got to fucking stand up now because this oh, is yeah. this is some grim fucking shit going yeah, on. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Ugh. Hug. Yeah. 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 Good on, mate. Good on. Good on. Right. Well, I think I'm going to uh, lie in front of a fan for a bit. Oh, sounds like a plan. <laughs> nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, Mastodon, um, Laura K. Buzz at tech.lgbt. I'm Laura K. Buzz on Blue Sky. I don't know how you find me there, but if you're on Blue Sky, Laura K. Buzz on there, I think. I wasn't invited. Uh, I'll give you an invite once, I, once I'm once i allowed to have invites, but mm. I've not been there long enough to give invites to other people yet. It's all weird over there. Exclusive. Uh, who's in with Exclusies? Who's in with Exclusies? Uh, what about you? Where are you at on the internet? Where are you on the internet? Well, I don't have the unified branding, but I do have a link tree. It's linktr.ee slash janiac. J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find the music I do, the words I write, the all sorts of things that I make. You can find my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a, a dollar a month, you can join all the lovely people that already support me over there and help me hit my goal of 50... Patrons by the end of the year, that would be really lovely. Uh, and you really, yeah, even even a dollar makes all the difference because sometimes there's all those little ones that add up together. Uh, design t-shirts, all sorts of other things. You can find all of those on my link to her EE. Uh, I think that's everything. So, Laura, <gasps> music is out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger.